Welcome to the Good People Podcast, where each episode we explore what it means to be good by talking to everyday heroes, philanthropists, altruists, and do-gooders. I'm Kelsey Timmerman, author of Where Am I Giving? Um, a global venture exploring how to use your gifts and talents to make a difference. I guess that's what the subtitle is. And I'm also joined by my good friend, Jay Mormon, and we are a world apart, Jay. Uh, Kelsey, we sure are. I'm, uh, I'm in sunny Orlando, Florida for work. Can't go to see Mickey at all. Where Where are you? The, your oh, background well, does not look here. normal. Yeah. yeah, I am in sunny uh, Patagonia, which is pretty oh, wow. awesome. Like the real Patagonia. Like the Patagonia. So Patagonia is um, a region of South America that's split between Chile and Argentina. And I'm on the Chile side and uh, just flew in yesterday and it was a long flight from where I was at in Colombia. Um, and I scored a really sweet place to stay, uh, the Patagonia store in Patagonia. There's a guest house. <laughs> the guest so house. you're not, you're not at the Indianapolis Patagonia store hiding in one of the tents is what you're No, I don't, is there an Indianapolis Patagonia store? I don't know I if there don't. is. I'm just go with but the I'm joke. Not. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. But actually I'm, I need a tent and the manager of the Patagonia store is going to let me borrow his tent. So I think a lot of, oh, that's nice. uh, Traveling comes down to mooching effectively. Yeah. So you're so you're on the path to your next book. What's uh, what did you do in uh, um, Colombia, and then what are you doing there in Patagonia this week? Yeah. So you know, uh, I'm working on a book on regenerative agriculture, which is farming in a way that builds the life on and in the land and of the people who are on the land. Um, and so I'm kind of looking at farmers in the United States, but I'm also looking at farmers from, uh, hold on one second. You need to be out here. Uh, uh, Hondo Aki. Okay. Yeah. Bien. Yep. Uh, that was me speaking Spanish. Yeah. I keep that on. I like that. It's a little pretty, pretty shows, cool. Shows your diversity. Oh boy. Yeah. I am horrible. It's like, I speak with, I speak Spanish <laughs> like, a um, uh, it's someone from Indiana actually. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm going to be meeting farmers from around the world, but I'm also going to be looking at farmers and meeting farmers in the United States. Yeah, so I ended up going to meet the Arwako, uh, which is an indigenous group in um, northern Colombia that they're basically fair trade and organic by culture. And uh, so I wanted to learn more about their relationship with the land. So I met them when I was researching fair trade coffee about eight years ago. I visited with them. But... It was like one night and we just talked about coffee mainly. So I didn't really get a chance to talk to like their leaders um, and just get a better feel for what the culture was. So that's what I did. And Cliff Ritchie's with me on this trip too, taking photos. And yes. so Cliff, our, our, Cliff. The good people soundtrack guy. Yeah. The good people soundtrack guy. Yeah. And so um, it's been really fun having Cliff along for this ride too. He fits in really well and uh taking a lot of really great photos but they really their walk really limited the amount of photos that we could take mm. it's a group that has tried to be very um try to keep the outside world out and protect their culture because the outside world has told them to dress different and cut their hair and worship a different god um so it's kind of amazing to see that you know something that kind of stuck with me in all this is sorry there's a little bit of a construction project happening here um it's okay 
but something that stuck with me is that the way that we're consuming the world, you know, if there was everyone consuming like Americans, we we need five planet Earths, you know, right. and so we're kind of part of the problem. And maybe the indigenous cultures might hold some of the answer in terms of that they live more in tune with nature. And that's the thing that stuck out with my visit from them is that they're very much uh, consider themselves to be part of the nature yeah. and not the dominators of nature. So did they, did, were they talking to you too and explaining that to you? Is it just something that's in their being? I mean, how did they, how did they view Kelsey and Cliff? I mean, was it a, let's teach these two or was it here's, here's people from the outside. Let's, let's give them as little as possible. I'm just curious how they interacted with these two outsiders. Yeah, it was, um, they very much um, talked about how they are kind of greedy with their culture. So they don't share their culture with everyone in terms of letting people into their villages. And so it was actually really hard for us to make this happen. I thought it would be easy because I had been there before, but I was there for coffee. And Mm -hmm. that's really the only... The only people they let in from the outside is in relation to coffee because that's the only way they interact with the outside world. They sell coffee that then allows them to, you know, fund, help fund their schools and get medicine for people. And so that's their biggest moneymaker. Um, and so we were lucky to be there. And we very much took a posture of we're here to learn. Um, and so we got to talk to the religious leaders, the Mamo, Mam- Mamu, it's actually M-A-M-O, but it's spelled Mamu, or pronounced Mamu. They, uh, we just sat down with them. It was almost, it wasn't a lot of like hands-on farming at all. It was none of that. It was basically, basically sitting and like almost meditating. They would give us items of uh, like a, uh, a plant, uh, or a stone and they put it in our hands or a piece of cotton and they would have us ponder a question or the, and they would have us put our hmm. thoughts into these things. And so like one of the first ones was, um, you know, think about your favorite food or to go to the grocery store and, and think about uh, in your mind and think about things that you like to, to eat and then follow those things back to where they came from. Think about if it's, I was thinking about bacon they said, think about the pig's parents, you know, and think about their lives and think about, um, you know, their parents and is kind of having empathy for your food almost. And even if you thought like of a vegetable, you could think of the seed. And I started to kind of live this reverse in my head, this reverse um, life cycle back towards, you know, who knows how long. And uh, I thought that was a kind of internet. So that's, those are the kind of things they had us do. Uh, sit and think and at yeah. times I got just eaten alive by chiggers and have horrible chigger bites so I think nature kind of but we had to get permission to be there uh from nature so they're in their season uh, their season of before they plant they have to they have to thank and ask permission like for a seed they have to ask earth for permission to um, plant it 
So I'm sorry. There's a guy here doing construction in this giant pole. I thought was for sure going to fall on my head. Um, so the whole. So they. The whole so month they kind of. February, yeah. So they. So they. They. Uh, there's intention or some some amount of spirit behind just the act of planting and creating life, so to speak. Yeah, they're very intentional, very thoughtful about it. Um, so like they take there's the, these are the two months uh, before planting uh, is the is the asking for permission to plant from wow. uh, from nature. And, um, you know, at first I was like, if you ask permission from a seed to plant it, does it ever say no? And I don't think that was the right question to ask. <laughs> I don't think that they really feel like they're having this you know, back and forth conversation with a seed, but they are um, just being really intentional and thoughtful. Um, and so I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. One thing that they said that stuck with me is they said that um, one of the mamu said, why, and this is a common phrase I think that they use, why are, why are churches sacred and rivers not? Oh, Wow. And we spent a lot of time that we walk walking along a river and they were like, this is a sacred spot. Um, and one of the things for me was a little bit disappointing because when I was there the first time I went to a place called Nabu Simakay, which is their capital, and they don't allow people back there anymore because uh, people were going back there too much and, and it's really hard to get to, but still people were going back there and it was becoming almost a little touristy and people camping and they didn't like that. So I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get allowed to go back there. Um, but then it, what, what they were kind of saying was, um, you know, all, kind of all land is sacred. There's sacred spots on the river, you know, the place that takes your breath away. Or if you sit in your backyard long enough and think about all that is there, it can be like its own, uh, mm-hmm. its own sacred spot too. So, um, you know, in that sense, I think it's a really good way to look at, look at the world, um, Another question that came to my mind was we're always like wanting, like, oh, it'd be great if I was here. It'd be great if I had that. And there, much of our focus was on being, like being in that spot. I think in, in, you know, seeing the birds and seeing the ants crawling on our legs and uh, just being a part of it. So I think think it'd be a great way to start the book is it's talking about the intention and the relationship with the planet um, and connection to the planet and to people before I get into more of like the farming practices. I just, I was just thinking about it that um, I can hear you. uh, You know, I don't think people disagree and, and, you know, they, they find those moments, especially if you're kind of an outdoorsy person, right. You spend time, you've like, we talked about in the astronauts episode, you know, sometimes stepping back a little bit and, 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 being reflective about nature and, and how we're all connected and all those things give people pause. I think the interesting thing about what you said is the intention there that is that fills their everyday activities. I'm not sure that um, we get so busy. We don't think like that. I, I don't, I don't make my morning coffee and, and think about the path the milk took to get to me, or I take it for granted because I pick it up and I put it in my car and I drive it home and it's only a dollar and a half. Um, I think that intention might be, yeah, a great way to start the book. And just the fact of slowing down, uh, too. They were one of the one of the our main guide of the Arwako 
was saying that um, to help understand their culture, read Lord of the Rings and think about the, and they're like, well, which group are you thinking that you identify with? And he's like, well, there's the elves, um, you know, there's the hobbits. Um, and one group that kind of stood out to me were the ants, you know, those trees that would have the conversations mm-hmm. and they were really slow talking. And that's how it felt uh, with them. They would meet each other. They would greet, uh, you know, you go, we go somewhere, greet another mamu, and then it would be like 90 minutes to two hours of them talking and us just kind of standing around waiting for them to uh, let us in or give us a, or, or give us a piece of advice. And so, it, you know, you'd ask a question and it could be like an hour later and you'd get an answer for it, which I was in that mindset to do that there. And, but in my day-to-day life, you know, it's much quicker if a website doesn't load in five seconds you're yeah. kind of like well what's why well you know what's going on there's so much more impatient yeah. so if you can bring some of that um you know slowing down and and noticing i felt like it was very much like a meditation kind of practice the noticing of so were they the, were they the world yeah were they talking to each other or talking to you i mean did they you would meet and engage and then slowly turn to you at some point and say, these guys are here too, or was it, uh, how did they interact? Yeah, there were times that we were kind of brought into the circle right away. Uh, but there were other times where they literally talked for 90 minutes to Amamu and then he got up and left and then they were like, okay, hey, let's go. You know, here's, here's what the Mamu said. Here's the advice that he has. Uh, so, but there were times that we could like ask, we would ask questions and they would give us the answers, but the, the mommy weren't necessarily the holders of the answer. I feel like that they're more of like, um, uh, guides and, and encouragers, uh, to help people kind of explore, uh, these, have these experiences on their own and to notice on their own, uh, even the, for the yeah. Arwako themselves our guide was not a mamu and he was, you know, like the, like the mamu don't tell you answers or they might say something that doesn't make sense. And then, you know, months yeah, later, yeah. it kind of clicks for you, but it's encouraging you to go out there and kind of see the world and have experiences and connect and think about the land more. So I think I really feel like it's a perfect way yeah. to start the book. What a, what a great experience. So what's, uh, what's happening in Patagonia? Yeah. So I'm going to go visit a place called Four Season Farms. Uh, we have a six-hour bus ride tomorrow, but it is just gorgeous here. I mean, just mountains everywhere, uh, snow-top mountains. And, and so uh, I think the first week we're going to spend, there's a farm there that, that uh, people go to to learn kind of regenerative practices and kind of to see them and, um, and see them happening. And also um, the people who run the farm used to be more conventional farmers, so like the farmers that farming, like we would recognize in the United States of, you know, inputs and chemical controls and, and a heavy amount of machines. And, and so then they started to question that and they started this other farm. So, but then they're going to help me connect, connect me. I'll probably do some traveling around to meet other farmers that are on this journey, the spectrum, whatever you want to call it, somewhere between conventional agriculture and regenerative agriculture. So I'll learn more about the practices and philosophies and more about the people who are on that journey. Yeah, great. 
Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to checking in. I thought it'd be good to introduce everybody to your trip and see where uh, where you're going. So tell tell Cliff hello, and um, let me know when you get back in the the the, the Wi-Fi world, and we'll we'll connect back in for another uh, for another call. Uh, we'll yeah. have future check-ins uh, next month. I'm going to Hawaii, which will be pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, I think the Wi-Fi there should be pretty good. Should be. And so uh, I'll check in. We'll maybe we'll do a show from from Hawaii, and then uh, I got plans to go to Kenya and Zimbabwe in the future, and India probably and beyond. And so um, these check-ins will be fun. Great, it's a good excuse yeah. to see you, Jay. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I miss you anyway. So I'm, I got to do these to keep up with Timmerman World. So all right, we'll be yeah, safe, sure. and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Good People Podcast. Special thanks to my friend Jay Mormon for co-hosting and to Cliff Ritchie for the great tunes. You can listen to Cliff on Spotify or find him at cliffritcheyart.com. Let's keep the good going. Please share, rate, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Visit kelseytimmerman.com slash goodpeople to find show notes, suggest guests, learn more about my books, and tell us about the good you are doing in the world.